0: Log Talk Radio. They do not want you to think too much. That is why our country and our world has become so proliferated with entertainments, mass media, television shows, amusement parks, drugs, alcohol, and every kind of entertainment that keeps the human mind entertained, so that you don't get in the way of important people by doing too much.
1: punching left i'm cliff knox and I'm joined by my co-host david german and uh, all right david well so we got a full hour to do tonight um don't know how many listeners we have out there bear with us it's our first episode so and we're completely live so we're gonna make mistakes but we we've got a lot of <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to talk about um so, uh, David, uh, you want to introduce yourself a little bit, to say a couple things about yourself so people kind of know who you are and sort of what your perspective is and where you're coming from?
2: Yeah, um, I'm David German. Um, I guess I would describe myself as a Hoppian, uh, maybe anarcho-capitalist in that theory, within that theory, or a uh Austro libertarian uh, Okay. Maybe maybe bit influenced by
1: the alt right. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm kinda right there with you, man. I'm I uh definitely have a lot of uh anarcho capitalist leanings. Uh Hoppe, Rothbard, um and and definitely on the cultural side, I lean heavily towards alt light, alt right. Um, yeah. But I, I also find myself to a certain extent uh, a, as a traditionalist, uh, being I, I'm a Catholic, you're Catholic, yeah, and uh, being that uh, there is so, a certain amount of traditional thinking that goes along with that, and and I I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, honest if I didn't at least mention that I have some sympathies towards. Uh, some of the trappings of uh, aristocracy and monarchy. I, I think there's some some reasons why those things were around for so long. So um, I don't know how, wh- where you come in on that, David. But
2: yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. Um, I prefer the all the low time preference behavior. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. And you can't be a hoppy in ancap without talking about. Time preference, can you? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that's funny uh, because uh, you know that that's one of the things that you don't hear a lot of talk about uh, on the alt right. What you hear is a lot of references to low trust or high trust, which which in some regards I think is complementary to the concept of of uh, low time preference and high time preference, um, but sort of the opposite because high trust is good. Low trust is bad. On you know, the happy inside, low low time preference is good, <laughs> high time preference is bad. So uh you know. Um so they, anyway,
2: yeah. go ahead. Yes, yeah, with the with the with the socialism with any socialism it's gonna be high time preference. Um, capitalism is low time preference. It's, A lot of people know this and did, did you just say socialism? It's high time preference. Yeah, socialism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I ain't going to make a mistake there. Yeah.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you said socialism and some evil bastards. Um <laughs> Uh <laughs> but, so um like uh, as far as Hoppe goes because you and I actually met Hoppe, uh last yeah. fall October and he was a very interesting fellow he's quiet um but but you know friendly and um signed a, signed my book for me uh, democracy the god that failed and uh did he I, I think you had him sign yours as well um
2: Yes, my book from the my democracy the God that filled book
1: that was from the Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter where you that's actually that's what I call capitalism right there. Found a great yeah. a, a great book. It's a great book at a great price. So, uh well, what did you what was your impression of the uh 35th anniversary uh Gallo with uh I guess we met we met hoppa we met block paul gottfried yeah. we met a bunch of them what was your impression of hoppa and and the speech and so on now i didn't actually stay for the black tie dinner and you did so you saw hoppa's speech in person which i opted to, to leave early so tell, tell what do you think of that speech
2: i loved it it was a great speech i know some people um personally who um who who didn't see that um speech um like I did and they said it was uh, beautifully done i could see why y- you like hop
1: okay yeah okay well and and while i was there um yeah uh when i we talk about hop a lot we're going to uh, this won't be <laughs> the last time we ever mention him uh it's obviously be- because we're both Hoppy and ancaps but Oh, go ahead, David.
2: Oh, what, what were you going to say? I'm, I'm, I'm just following you.
1: Oh, well, I was, I was just saying, you know, he, he's going to be, we're going to be talking about him a lot for some time to come. Yeah. yeah.
2: But I, I yeah, think probably that Rothbard, that,
1: Mises, right. We probably, I guess we may have a little bit of a time lag thing there going. So if I stop talking for a few seconds, I, I may, it's just because I'm wait maybe waiting for you to catch up in case you have something that you're trying to say or add in there. Um, but uh, I definitely think that uh, uh, Paul Gottfried uh, is really, when you look at the alt right, for instance, Uh, on the cultural side he is from the cultural side uh what Hoppe is on on the economic side and and he he, this is the guy that actually first used the term alternative right spencer uh picked it up and ran Mm -hmm. with it you know and and sort of started using it but it was based on an article that that gottfried wrote for taki mag uh, years ago and so you're talking about the guy who pretty much uh his work has laid the foundation culturally for for the alt right um so anyway we spent I, you and i were there we talked to godfried for personally you know uh face to face for close to forty five minutes. What did you think of him
2: yeah yeah I, you he d- did most of the talk, and i really didn't say much uh I thought he was an he's an interesting figure in the for the alt right yeah he's uh, yeah Yeah, it's cool to meet him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I thought it was great to meet him. Uh some of the things that he said, uh, for instance, he talked about Rothbard quite a bit. He, I guess he was uh good friends with with Rothbard and he talked about the fact that at the end there um Rothbard really was not what I would call your basic bitch libertarian. Um No, yeah, he you know. He, Go ahead, Dan. Have a,
2: if they, if I've heard someone say before that if they knew what Rothbard really thought about stuff, your basic, um, what you said, basic bitch libertarian <laughs> will would piss his
1: pants. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably you, you're probably right. That's a that's a. You're right there. I mean. Uh, what Gottfried said is, for instance, there's no way Rothbard did not support open borders. No, yeah, he did not. You know, and I've – uh, uh, Rothbard's not the only person that talked about that stuff. Um, uh, of course, you had Gottfried who was around that time with the group that was hanging out with Buchanan, Pat Buchanan, when he was running for president and so on. But Hopper was there too, and a guy named James Carney who up until recently wrote for the wall street journal. Now he's with, with Breitbart or Breitbart news. And I actually, I told you, I talked to, to James Carney, uh, about a month or so ago. And, and he told me that Rothbard told him that a, uh, the only true libertarian position was for closed borders. So that I would say that throws a, a wrench in a lot of the, Uh, people calling themselves anarcho-capitalists or libertarians in the Rothbard tradition and are advocating for open borders and unlimited immigration. And also
2: uh, another area that they um, would cause a lot of strife with the current um, anarcho-altist would be um, the the race realist stuff, the I think Hop and Rothbard were both race realists. Sure. Uh, both are. Yeah. Sure. Which which I I subscribe to. I
1: I do as well. I mean, obviously there's something to be said. There there's not. We're talking about a, something that's statistical, and and we're talking about a, a an average across across the group, group average on, on these things for things like IQ and so on. So there are exceptional individuals in every group, you know, and, and you and I've talked a lot. I study evolutionary psychology. And you, you look at evolution from two different perspectives. You look at it from an individual perspective, but you also look at it from a group perspective. So, you know, um, and, and it's real, uh, from as an, as an evolutionary psychologist, you have to realize that, groups evolve just like individuals do and they have evolutionary mechanisms so so there are differences there
2: yes yes and uh, uh one yeah one big thing is the uh charles murray and i forget the other guys the other author's name but the book called the the bell curve
1: okay right right i i know what you're talking about i don't remember the the author's name uh right off the top of my head, but I know what you're talking about. Um, well, I, I did, uh, I read a lot of stuff by, um, uh, uh Richard Wright and David Buss and, uh, you know, Edward O. Wilson and Paul Dachschlager, who is a, is a friend of mine. And he, he wrote a book which talked about that human sin or social sin. And, and that book is interesting because it talks about the group dynamic and, even culture comes down to genetics, which people people just do. A lot of people just refuse to admit. You know. Yeah. Um, and the like, reason um, why is because there's conflict between in between the individual and the group, and that's where most of your art, your music, and so on seems to come out of. Oh it. yes.
2: And I'm not trying to like be an ass. It's just. If 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 you took, do you see um, a Michelangelo developing in Somalia?
1: Well, it's not likely. Um, <laughs> to be honest with, you, and to be honest with you, uh, not not to be an ass, just like you said, uh, I don't see rock and roll developing in Somalia either. And, and the reason I say that is because. Uh, the The black culture in America is not the same as the black culture in Africa. Oh, black yeah. culture in, the... in America is developed uh, inside of a, a European bubble. Oh, yeah. And so oh. if if they hadn't been inside that European bubble, I don't believe that that blues, rhythm and blues, and so on would have would have developed. But no. So it uh, looks like we have a. We have one caller, and I'm not sure. Let's see who it is. We're going to be surprised. It it could be fun. Let's find out. I'm going to bring him live, David. All right. Uh, You're live on Blog Talk Radio, punching left. Who am I speaking with?
0: Uh, Cartrell Payne.
1: How's it going, Cartrell?
0: Yeah, pretty well.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm on here, you know, David German. Is a co-host on here? Um, what you have, you have something, a topic you want to bring up, or something you want to talk about?
0: Oh, sure. Um,
1: uh, do you think the American Empire is going to fall apart? Probably so. Mm-hmm. Do I? Do I think it's going to fall apart? Yeah. Um, well, I. Uh, who, who's to say? I think that that uh, the left. The, the socialists and so on, uh, they they constantly uh, talk about it. And I think when you look at presidents like Obama and and the Clintons and going back, they, they've they been happy to just kind of sit back and, and say, well, you know, uh, the West is in decline and they want to preside over a declining Western nation and they just will just let it happen. And I think that's part of the one of the reasons why Trump ended up getting elected was because he was saying things like, you know, we're going to make America great again, which means we're not just going to step back and let it decline. At least, so that's my opinion. So, I, I think that, that with the right leaders, you can experience renewal. So, it's really up to us whether it's in decline or not. I mean, what do you think about that, David?
2: Yeah, I think uh, we, you'll have to have people like Trump, which um, it's hard, it's which is hard to produce, even with a democracy. We, we're lucky we got him. I think that yeah. I think that um, uh, empire falling. Uh, I don't, I'm not clairvoyant on that. I don't know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But best thing to do is like to for now is to like um, for people like Trump to be
1: elected. More of them. Yeah, you know, we definitely need more of of guys like him, both in the Congress and and in, in different areas. I mean, what what makes you ask that, Cartrell? Is it, um, is it just something you've been thinking about a lot lately, or you just you wanted to hear a different opinion on it? Or
0: well, it's something I've been thinking about.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that I mean, that's a question. I, I think that, a lot of people have been thinking about. I hope the
0: United that. States falls apart because I'm an anarchist. Well. <laughs>
1: Right, right, and I and I, I I mean I can understand from that perspective that where you might you might look at it and you might say, well, you know that that would be good. Um, I I think that um, in the situation we're in right now, I don't know how good it would be if it were to happen right at this minute. I've always been, like I said, I lean towards the the anarcho-capitalist line of thinking, and. And so I don't even really – from my perspective, a lot of people have differing opinions that anarcho-capitalists and anarchists are not necessarily the same thing. Um, but I see anarcho-capitalists as, as, as something that's only been around for about 60 years now, and, and they support private property, private capital, property rights, and more like a stateless classical liberal. And the, the anarchists that were around pri- mostly before Rothbard – those guys, you know, one way or another, they were, even Benjamin Tucker, even Lysander Spooner, to a certain point, they they were against certain aspects of private property. So I usually avoid myself calling myself an anarchist. And even though I'm against, you know, I, I don't like the state. I I do have. I mean, I I, I think that um, most of the things that the state does right now that are public goods, like police, so on, et cetera, the law. I think those things will exist as private goods, and that we'll get something very similar to what we have now. It just won't be government run. Anyway, that, well, that's, that's, great. that's How I see it, I don't know, David. Does that sound does Does that sound kind of like where you're at? Private law society, private goods, and so on for police and so on.
2: Yes, yes, um, maybe even like common law covenant communities, voluntary. Association.
1: Okay. No, I, I will oh. say, Cartrell, one thing that really sets me apart, though, from a lot of the people that call themselves anarcho-capitalists, is I do think we'll need a strong leader. I don't think we'll, we would necessarily need a legislative branch or anything like that. Um, but I do think we'll have to have some kind of war leader that maybe has no domestic power, that might have power when it comes to executing war, uh, wars Running the military when someone comes in and tries to take over from some foreign power.
0: Huh, that sounds like the Middle Ages.
1: <laughs> well, I have to tell you, it probably is a lot like it, and I and I think that um, property rights you find are going to are going to bring us down, bring some of that back.
2: Yeah, if you get into democracy, the god that failed um, that probably close to what um Clifton and Mine's position are and uh, I am right with him there on the yeah the that type of covenant community with like a maybe in like a private landowner who has his own common law system or whatever.
0: Well that's great. I have to go guys but it was great talking to you.
1: Yeah, thanks for calling in. We were glad to have you all right And, uh, David, one thing that happened while we were talking is I mentioned the word socialist. (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, so, so one of the things that I wanted to bring up, um, that has come up quite a bit in the past, and it's in it's, it's on the front page of Breitbart right now. Is uh, there's an article um, about the transgender stuff, um, and they're saying on this article, this is a touchy subject too. But you know that's the thing about us we're not gonna we're not gonna veer off on touchy subjects, and we're not politically correct. So people are going nope. to have to get used to that. And that's one of the reasons why this program is marked Rated R and it's conservative <laughs> up front is because if you're easily triggered and you're not a conservative, you're probably not going to have fun with us. But uh, It's, for, they were it's saying, rated, R yeah. <laughs> rated R for removal. Rated R for removal. Yep. If you can't handle it and you're triggered, kindly remove yourself so we don't have to. Um, but uh, the, the the article says there's a report: modern culture is not revealing transgenders; it is creating them. And then they cite a uh, article from the from a Catholic publication called uh, the Catholic World Report, excuse me. And they also cite an older publication, an older article from uh, the the Atlantic called "A New Way to Be Mad." And what they say is is that uh, basically. Uh, it's a fad. That culture is creating a situation which is actually fostering people to behave this way when they normally wouldn't. What do you think about that?
2: The, what, they're, they're saying fostering the culture?
1: Yeah, our culture is fostering the concept of being transgender, trans uh, ableist, trans uh, species, whatever it's fostering it, and so because because it's it's like a fad, and since the culture is all about it right now, all these people are doing it, you know, and it, or you know they're they're coming out with all these things that are you know I oh I'm I'm a I'm a woman trapped in a man's body or whatever it is right I identify <laughs> yeah, as a I'm a six year old girl trapped in a yeah trans ages all of it, and so they're saying that this is actually not not that this isn't something that's normal. Up until recently, that the cases of actually in the West, the cases of transgenderism have went up twenty eight hundred percent in the last ten years. So, I mean, what do you think about that?
2: It's just a byproduct of democracy. It's that, it's that faggy crap that you hear. It's just. <laughs>
1: you crab. Oh man. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, in a way, I, I don't know. It, you look. I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick on women here for a second. In the last, in the last 25, 30 years as an adult male, I can't tell you. I, I pro, there's no way I can count how many women have come to me and or, 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 that I've gotten to know, either I dated them or whatever. That have told me, you know, there's always something wrong with them. They've got PTSD. You know, they've been this has been done to them, that's been done to them. Somebody did, you know. There, and and the PTSD thing, PTSD thing is ridiculous because uh, if you really, really think about it, PTSD itself is something that's lifelong, and the only people that really suffer from PTSD. Technically, are people who have an an, uh, overly small amygdala, so it doesn't produce a certain amount of hormones and has trouble uh, uh, controlling the brain. And people who have a normal size amygdala, so PTSD has a physical component, people have a normal size amygdala in their brain, um, only basically they get over their their trauma in, in a year or two. Three years. Eventually, they get over their trauma, so they're really just they're they're not they don't really have PTSD. These people with a normal sized amygdala, they're traumatized, but they don't really have PTSD, not not of the kind that where where you think it's going to last for the rest of your life. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, but it's a catch word. Someone has been traumatized. They just everybody I got PTSD. Well, now. Anybody who has even the sm- slightest amount of confusion about their place in in society, you know, there's yeah. there's they're, they're something other than what they really are. Like like they're
2: getting like prescribed something by a doctor, and
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: it's more severe. It's less severe than that they're making out.
1: Right. You know, I've got I, I'm I, <laughs> I'm done uh, that with
2: autism and ADHD too.
1: Yeah, another thing. I mean, there's a lot of people who didn't have autism or Aspergers until they were adults. Yeah, they weren't and now. Now they're on the spectrum. You know, I've ran into 35 and 40 year old people who never had autism, now they're on au- they're on autism.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying.
1: Well, I'm not saying that it can't yeah, be true all for unmarried. some of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's just ridiculous. Sometimes that they, they, they can't all be. Now, does everybody's got autism? Well,
2: one one of these days, um.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, well, you're, just,
1: you're getting ready to say something.
2: So so I was gonna say one of these days, people are gonna say, <laughs> "I'm I'm mentally retarded." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think they're already. Right. They kind of. Well, they don't need some of them. Don't need to say it. They are. And,
2: um, yeah, I was. I'm gonna say you're not saying something that's untrue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, they're trans they're
2: trans uh trans
0: trans
1: converted. trans well that'd be that'd be trans ableist because they'd be claiming to be mentally handicapped. Yeah.
2: So that's trans
1: ableist. It's the same as the guy who wants to cut his legs off, you because know, he thinks he doesn't feel good having two legs. So he cut his legs off and now he's he's just as happy as he can be that he no longer has something he needs to survive. Um <laughs> you know. Um, yeah well, you know and the other thing is another thing that's in the news is school shooting. It's everywhere. everybody's talking about it. You know this guy shot all these people first he was he was on medication i he might still be he might have been on medication, but then he was a white supremacist, then he wasn't a white supremacist. Then I saw some people saying that they thought he was Jewish, and he's just on <laughs> and on is he mexican and and who cares to be quite honest the guy is the guy went into a school and shot a whole bunch of people and he really had. There was obviously something wrong with him, and and so it doesn't matter what group he identifies with. There was something wrong with that guy.
2: Was he, he – and he, his uh, victims were indiscriminate, right?
1: Well, apparently he one, – one thing that I read said he was going from classroom to, or going from area to area asking them if they were transgender or if they um, were socialist or, or, or whatever, and then he was <laughs> shooting them. And I thought physical remote – Was this guy a hoppler, you know, or what? But I guess I don't know what the deal was. But the point I guess I was making is, is that there are a lot of white supremacists out there, and I don't know of too many of them that are out sh- killing people. All right, oh, I don't yeah, think that, it does. It's not that's not something. I mean, just because he just because he was a white supremacist doesn't mean he was that he was more inclined to go kill people. You know what about that? What about that gay black man that went and shot that news reporter from the place he worked because he lost his job there? You know, shot her on live TV or something. You know that. What's that got to do with it? I know there's a lot of gay people out there that (laughs) are shooting shooting (laughs) news broadcasters (laughs) because they got fired. And so that's what I'm saying is it's just this whole this whole discussion of who he associates with and, and where he's from is ridiculous. And now now I can see we've got a big track record with a lot of – there are a lot of Islamic fundamentalists who have been killing a lot of people the last 20, 30, 40 years, and I can see that. But as far as a lot of these killings and murders, I mean just from my perspective, David, it seems pretty random coming from all Dad. places in society. Mm. What do you think? It's okay to dis- – I mean if <laughs> you disagree with me, you disagree with me, but –
2: um, indis- indiscriminate murder uh, I I really have to look into that one I honestly I haven't really checked on that
1: well I mean I guess my point is the only thing they, for, from my perspective the only thing they seem to have in common is that they're all mentally ill yeah, that's what you they're all on medication
2: see. yeah they're all usually on medication it's just a byproduct of like what you're what you're trying to get at is yeah they're over medicated and um, mm-hmm. and they're just so sociopathic or and it just leads to that type of behavior well
1: you know a lot of those medications there's, there's some of them that if you look at them the side effects actually they mention things like psychosis some of them or, or uh, psychopathy or oh, psychosis I think they mentioned psychosis some of them
2: oh man the the Side effects from certain drugs. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it, it, there's so many side effects. Um, okay. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't have much else to say about that. I'm not going to feed into that. Uh, it, it's not a reason to limit law-abiding citizens' ability to purchase and own guns. It's just not. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. As I said to someone, it's like, yeah, with the whole background check thing, it's like putting a Band-Aid over cancer, over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: it's like you you can't fix that problem with a simple background check. They they bypass them. The they, state is inefficient at policing such things
1: that uh, that's a great point. It's a great point. You know, you you rely on on a on an inefficient mechanism, a a very flawed agent to who want who refuses to allow you to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, I guess another another topic we go into, I mean, cuz I like I said, I mean, I I don't know, I mean, we could talk about the shooting more if you want to. Uh that's up to you.
2: I have really nothing more to say about it. This guy was mentally ill it yeah I guess I'm with you. uh there's maybe the doctors need to control their medication better
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and maybe maybe one of the things is is that when you have a country with three hundred and something million people in it um you're you're going to stuff's gonna happen I mean just back in 2000 I think it was 2014 they had a chinese guy kill 29 people with a knife in china before they stopped him but
2: but that's not their – knife's purpose is not to do that
1: no <laughs> yeah gun, right the
2: the the gun's purpose is to kill
1: <laughs> knives are for defense and hunting and and kill and when you say defense, that it automatically means trying to kill somebody who's trying to hurt you. So yeah, we I should know outlaw
2: mean. outlaw those things that that <laughs> have a bad purpose in society.
1: <laughs> right, right. It has a guns have a bad purpose, uh huh. So
2: to, to give it to weird. the people who are going to seize everything and have all the and give them all the guns. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because they're going to pay attention. I mean, this is a point that's been beat to death. The law abiding citizens obey the law and the criminals don't. And that's why the criminals half the time have the guns is because they broke the law to get them to start with because they're not even most of them are already been convicted of a felony at some point. They're not even supposed to have a firearm, but they have it anyway, because they broke the law. So there isn't anything that the government can do background check or otherwise, it's going to stop them from getting a weapon. So, yep. Um, I guess another topic, something that you can touch on is the, that the controversy over uh, Christopher Chase, Rachel's book, white right and libertarian. Um, What do you think about that whole ordeal? Um, obviously, I mean, uh, I support Christopher. I support his, his effort and, I, I think he got a raw deal on this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the people stabbed him in the back over it. It's it's a terrible thing and but it's a it's a great book. I I it was a page turner. I read it.
1: I read the whole thing within a night. Amazing. Well, uh you gotta you gotta leap on me. I I talked to Christopher, and, and uh, he's I wanted to wait until I could get it from him. I want, I want a signed copy. Um, but I, I, think, I think what people – the same thing that happens with a lot of stuff. They're making a big deal out of a cover. First of all, a cover that was supposed to have been private is never supposed to have seen the light of day. Even if it did see the light of day, it wasn't even that big of a deal because what was on the cover isn't anything that hadn't been talked about at Mises Institute. Um gatherings in the past, as a matter of fact, last October, the one you and I were at, they brought in toy helicopters and were taking pictures with them and not just the pe- not just the guests
2: yeah this is a good opportunity for them to just virtue signal
1: i I agree because I mean it's not like yeah, because we i mean there's no way that that no one knew what those helicopters meant we've only been talking for two years about physical remover and, <laughs> removal and taking uh, taking uh, lefties for a helicopter ride so yeah. all um, of a sudden
2: that's all of a sudden blood and soil is is was was good but but now this is all of a sudden bad it's like one one doesn't it doesn't it doesn't go together
1: right right But like, Wow. Well, I don't know. He got a raw deal. He did everything yeah. the right way. He went through the proper channels. He didn't release stuff into the public. He tried to make sure that everybody had an opportunity to uh, uh, get everything right before it was released so that nobody was upset. He went to Hoppe in advance, uh, the whole nine yep. yards, and, and he did he did the right thing. And, and, and I'm not wanting to pick on, on HHH because obviously I'm a huge admirer of his um, oh, but I yeah. will say this: he had the he had the book, he had the manuscript, and he had the title of the book for months. And he wrote the forward, knowing what the title was and what was in the book. Now, the cover that he that was sent in the original cover, he hadn't seen it before, but nobody else else had either. It was private, and that and that cover didn't end up going on the book, and obviously it probably never would have because as soon as uh Hoppe would have expressed his displeasure with it it would have been re- it would have been replaced which it was so i i really think that that uh, it's just exactly what you said it was um this yeah. was a chance to create a fuss over something which they normally would not have they staged it essentially in order to look in order to make a stand against something in front of their donors That's, that's just my opinion. So, you know, I did it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm white, right. And libertarian. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there. All right. So, um, and then, uh, I wanted to mention to a guy who has been working real hard lately. Um, that I think a lot of, I, I enjoy listening to his show and that's Jared Howe. Uh, his show So oh, yeah. to Speak. I I think it's a great show. I've been listening to several episodes, uh all good quality, good topics. Uh does a great job. I appreciate everything all the work that he's doing on that end.
2: Yeah, I've listened to So to Speak. It's it's yeah, it's pretty good. That's...
1: Yeah, I, 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 just, I hope he keeps doing it for, for a long time and he keeps putting that message out there. Um, you know, we, we talk about that that we're you know uh, basically anarcho-capitalists, uh, but but we think the alt-right has the culture question uh, oh, yeah, nailed. But yeah. but they had but in a lot of cases they're lacking on the economic side, and that's that's what Jared's doing is he's he's getting he's getting that out there, and and I think that uh, he's a good spokesman for for that economic side. He'll maybe he can he can make an impact there and and bring bring people more to our way of thinking on that.
2: Yes, and tell them that capitalism and low time preference um, and tradition all go together, and libert- libertinism, which the uh, is the retarded end of. Somehow that (laughs) seeped into the liberty movement uh, is high time preference and associated with socialism.
1: (laughs) Did you say socialism? (laughs) I said... (laughs) 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 Well, so...
0: So uh, <laughs> uh, the,
1: the, uh, uh, so, so one of the things that we're going to – I intend to, to bring up quite a bit uh, because because there is there is a group dynamic that we have to talk about, uh, and I hope we, we will talk about it more as we go through new episodes of this show. But it can't all be about the individual all the time. Going back to yeah. when we talk talking about the basic bitch libertarians, they just want to talk about individualism. I don't know if you notice yeah. that.
2: The individual exists at the at the center of the universe. You can determine culture and everything.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's pretty much what they a lot of them think. And and they, they any time that you start talking about some of these things, you're a collectivist.
2: Yes, it's 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 so autistic that it's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is autistic. It it's it's just abs it's just the dumbest thing because the the, the problem when you talk what's the whole point of voluntarism?
2: We are voluntary- all the volunteers. Yeah, well well that's it.
1: <laughs> voluntarism <laughs> voluntarism indicates that you're talking about collectivism because it's voluntary association. So so what we have a problem with we shouldn't be having a problem with with collectivism. We have a problem with forced collectivism, forcing us to to, for instance, let's yeah. say we want to have a covenant community, and, and just throw it out there of just of just uh, uh, Europeans, okay? And and people go and create their own covenant community, and that's the bylaws is that it's just it's just strictly European people are uh, are going to live there, uh, European people of people of European ancestry. A lot yes. of people call them white people, whatever, and, and so. Uh, they don't have to let other, other ethnicities in, right? Because if you force them, <laughs> you're sucking all the air out of the room there, I think. Um, if you let them in, that's if, if, you, if someone comes along with a gun and says you have to let them in, that's forced collectivism. When they import, when they won't enforce the borders on purpose, and allow immigrants to stream across the border and come in and not leave and stay here illegally and access social services. And even though they know we don't want them to, they're forcefully collectivizing us. And
2: that's when the uh, R people get to decide their in-group
1: preferences over the K people. There you go. So, so the the whole thing is is that. Um, uh, making making us associate you know the whole thing about trying to force us into a multicultural society is forced collectivism allowing us if we if we want to voluntarily segregate then we should be allowed to if we want to voluntarily integrate we should be allowed to but it should be voluntary yes so So we're getting down to our last 15 minutes. And one of the things that you and I wanted to do is we wanted to talk about a, a a movie that we watched, that we've watched, watched several times. I just watched it the other night for, it's been a long time. I I watched it about seven or eight years ago, but I, I watched it again, um, the other night, and it's and and it's a very interesting movie because we were just talking about multiculturalism, that kind of segues into the movie, which is American History X. So I'm going to let you kind of talk about it and introduce the movie because you know it better than I do, even though I've I've watched it too, but you've watched it more than I have.
2: Yes, American History X is a movie about a neo-Nazi and uh, and black people that live in the um, what would be called the project a ghetto and they're at each other um, trying to dominate one another. And, and that's the whole synopsis and so it's, it's someone's brother, the older brother of the neo not one neo-Nazi goes to jail and, and then he gets out of jail and he, Is reformed and he's no longer a neo-nazi he identifies with um as as just an individual not even white anymore
1: right so essentially you're you i don't know if you got this out of the movie which i thought it was crazy because most of the time when you watch these movies you know It's this huge multicultural message and how multiculturalism is this heroic thing and and so on. But what I got from the movie was really – which is really strange, like I said. It it had what what we've been talking about, the basic bitch libertarian concept of the individual is supreme, and and they actually portrayed the fact that um, he was – he had an in-group preference as brainwashing. Uh, and and I'm not saying that that you know uh, hardcore Nazis aren't <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, nazis are not what we are. <laughs> right, right. Well, we're not Nazis at all. We're not about no, that. No, 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 uh, no. But but no. you know, I'm not I'm not a racist. Uh, I don't I don't agree with the whole concept of racism to start with. Uh, but people do have in-group preferences; It's natural. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't have you know people out there who are not of your particular race that you don 't like. It just means that it just means that in general you have a tendency to lean a certain way and that's that 's kind of a biological thing yeah you know but but the but the movie was did that whole basic bitch libertarian argument that that uh, uh, you, you know individualism is the deal, and that uh, you shouldn't have any sort of preferences at all. Period, and that um, you're brainwashed. Unless you're the natural state of human beings is multicultural, and if you think any different at all, you're brainwashed. That's what I took from it.
2: Yeah, that's that's exact. About exact. We're we're pretty right. uh, We're pretty simpatico there.
1: Okay. So, so you said you've you've seen this movie several times. What what is it about the movie that you think is? I mean is compelling. I mean, why what is it that that you keep going back and and watching this Watch, movie again?
2: Um from a aesthetic perspective, it's the cinematography is superb. The mm-hmm. direction is superb, the acting is superb. Mhm. Um, I guess it's a it's the it's the whole uh, race question, but at the end, like you said, it takes a, it takes a dive for me, for me, it does.
1: You know, and, and the thing is, is I, I, I mean, you can stop me if you think I'm wrong. I mean, like I said, I think you have a more complete view and more uh, time in looking at this film, but I I don't necessarily completely disagree with the concept that, you know, he was in prison and, uh, at the end, he found out that, that a, a young black man who was in prison that he was working with helped him, and he ended up becoming friends and and stopped hating everybody that wasn't white because that's kind of where I am. I don't hate people yeah. who aren't white. I, yeah, I, I have a lot what, of friends and people that I love dearly that aren't white. That's, that's one, one positive thing Yeah, that I get from the movie is uh,
2: don't hate – don't hate others, of course, but the – I think the ending's trying to say that uh, we're all we're all basically the same, so, which in a sense we are, in a sense that can be misleading.
1: Well, well, yeah, because I mean, I'm a, I'm an evolutionary psychologist, okay, yeah, and and from that perspective, uh, uh, working in political theory, uh, from that perspective. Um, if you, the minute I started believing in evolution, I, I had to stop believing we were all exactly the same. Oh yeah, all right. Okay. Because you can't you can't believe that. I mean, you can't both believe in evolution and believe that everybody is the same. I mean, we're not. Some of us have more more. Uh, some of us have a uh, uh, generally are taller as, as a consequence of our of our racial group than others and so on. So we are diff there are differences.
2: Yeah, based on your haplogroup, genetic stuff like that, your um your your hereditary from your know, your height, like you said, your hair color, um uh, do the that dominates. It's all um it's all evolution.
1: Yeah. And 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 so, and, and like I said, it doesn't mean that I'm not necessarily even, I mean, those statements aren't even me saying that uh, I think one one group is necessarily uh, deserves anything that another group doesn't, you know, shouldn't have. What I'm saying, though, is, is that there are differences, and we have to accept that, and that we have yeah. to look in certain circumstances, certain environments, and so on, that, that we're, we're going to do better or worse under different circumstances and in different environments. That's just all there is to it. Mhm.
2: Yeah.
1: You know. Um. So. Uh. Okay. So. So I guess I'm what I'm getting from it, you. Can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh. You, you feel like it's a great movie, which I I enjoyed watching it again. But the, yeah. The, the some of the underlying message at the end might have might have missed certain. Might, it was off. The, the the movie was good, but but the message is incomplete. Was not a very good. Is incomplete. Okay. Very good. It was not. it definitely not a realistic message. Completely. If I had we to give it all a... together, but, you know, we should all try to get along. We don't want to go around trying to kill each other. That's not something we want to do. But, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, no. No. The, the point is, is that the message was 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 not realistic at the end. Not completely. It, it was. It was. It, it was. It was somewhat realistic, but had a lot of unrealisticness to it. A lot of untruth in there.
2: Yes. And some people might cry
1: about that, but I don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm not – we're not going to be politically correct, and I'm not going to pull any punches because I think I might hurt somebody's feelings or offend somebody. Because, you know, quite honestly, if you're offended listening to my show, don't listen to it. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. So – so the last last portion we have here that before the shows up in a few minutes is um, the uh name a name a dirty commie. So we're gonna name, name a, a dirty commie. Name a reto.
2: <laughs> Is this your Name a Retard segment? Yeah, well, I call it Name a Dirty Commie.
1: We call it Name a Dirty Commie. But, um, so who's your Dirty Commie?
2: Um, I might have, since it's the first episode, I hope I hope we didn't pick the same one. I picked Karl Marx.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: well, he's the original Dirty Commie, I think, kind of.
2: Okay, the initiatory episode will be Karl Marx.
1: Okay, uh, and tell me, tell me about your dirty commie. What makes him a dirty commie? He started communism. He started. Um,
2: <laughs> he's the brainchild with Friedrich Engels, whose wife he had a relationship with. It was a weird complex. I don't know all the circumstances.
1: Right. So Karl Marx. <laughs> now he really deserves this. Karl does. <laughs> That might be Carl right there. It probably is. He's probably got food in his
2: beard too. (laughs) That's so gross. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, he is definitely. I mean, just looking at a picture of him, he looks like a dirty comic. Yeah,
2: he's. wrote the communist manifesto which had 10 planks and one of the planks was to have a central bank and um, full territory owned by by the um, everyone and no uh, post scarce world where everybody owns everything it's it's Mm. it's retarded
1: (laughs) it's retarded (laughs) cognitively cognitively disabled cognitively impaired um i, I forget okay.
2: it was it was someone from the old anarcho debate channel i remember they said um that um under uh this is not so much to do with karl marx but communism i remember when commie said that uh lives were better off during the Soviet, Soviet <laughs> control of communist Russia,
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Standing in line for toilet paper and basic necessities is is when li- is, that's when life's at its best, right? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, so so my dirty commie this week is or this episode is Bill Maher uh, because he said uh, on his last Friday's. Uh, broadcast of his real-time show which i call real bullshit um (laughs) he said how can they after all the mueller indictments how can they not be impeaching trump well this this guy he's got the balls to call himself a libertarian thinking and Uh... he likes to well well he says it because he wants pot to be legal because he's a he's a weed and butt sex guy and basically uh uh he doesn't pay he's, any attention. Uh, he, Mueller, all of his indictments have absolutely nothing. They've had nothing to do with Trump. They, they've not. They have nothing to do with the Trump Russia investigation. This is the type of dishonest, ridiculous bullshit that I expect out of the the commies and the pinkos out there. I mean, it's just ridiculous.
2: He, he's that dude's anything but libertarian. I used to watch that show.
1: Penn Penn was the only redeeming feature of his show. Yeah, he he's been on there often. I, I like Penn Jillette. all right. I mean, he's not bad for for a, a reason.com Cato guy, but
2: yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we're we're getting down to about the last thirty seconds. Got anything else to add about Bill Maher, that dirty Tommy bastard?
2: Um Dude's filth. Um, he's got a filthy show. Filth.
1: All right. Uh, well. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I guess that's how we close out the that segment. So our dirty commies. This segment is Karl Marx and Bill Maher, and I bet you they would like each other. So yeah, well, this ended right there. I'm a dirty dirty. all right well uh guys we will be coming back at you pretty soon with another episode i guess uh david we're we're down to our last minute before we close up um had a great episode appreciate it and uh you know maybe we'll have more listeners we'll get more call-ins next time we'll just keep doing it and see what what happens and uh anyway uh all right bud well uh, i guess we'll be uh signing off uh if anybody has any suggestions or anything let myself clifton knox or david german know and we'll try to include it in the show anything to add the last few seconds david
2: um
0: 1488
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) That's it. They do
0: not want you to think too much. That is why our country and our world has become so proliferated with entertainments, mass media, television shows, amusement parks, drugs,
1: alcohol, and every kind of entertainment that keeps it. All right, David, you still there? Yeah. All right, so we're off. We're off the air. I should have a recorded episode that I can get up uh online uh, f- uh feed up and uh see what happens here I mean look see what I can find if I can get to the episode section real quick Are You still there? Yes. Okay, good, 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 good. All right. Let's see. Well, not yet. I don't have a recorded episode yet. It may take it a little bit for it to pop back up, but that went pretty good. I mean, I felt pretty good about that. Yeah. How do you feel about it?
2: There's a little bit of pauses on my part, but
1: I was no man. I thought you did great.
2: I was gonna. <laughs> I do. You probably got mad. I said this. I was gonna say about Bill Moore. I was gonna say <laughs> he's a. He's a. Jerry, he's a he's a Jewish guy that likes to do black chicks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's gonna piss me off, man. I've heard it all, but I mean, it's, it's, if anybody gives you any shit, you can be like, "Look, dude, you know I'm I'm part Jew. I can say whatever the fuck I want." Yeah, um, Not like you can't anyway, but I mean, the whole the whole thing here is is that um, we're yeah. not gonna. We're not gonna play politically correct for these for these dickheads. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's rated our show. Late at night, they can deal
2: with a bit, a bit, a bit. Jared would like that,
1: right? <laughs>